Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision, the FinTech Fuse. This is Theo, your host for the episode. Now, joining us on the show today is Andrew Morris, founder and CEO of the FinTech Agenda, Chief Content Officer for FinTech Islands, and the first Chief Content Officer for Money 2020, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you, Theo. It's it's great to be able to talk to you in this context. We've known each other a long time, but first time to be on the podcast. So thanks for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for spending time. Um, indeed, we have known each other for quite a few years. I still remember out of the blue, I got an email from you. It's been quite a few years now. Uh, when you were still many 2020, I was like, wait, how do you know me? This is odd. Um, I was still kind of figuring out my way around and there you were you you yeah. reached out and uh, i am forever grateful for that it was my first experience at money 2020. well that was that was uh that was a while ago you, you were you were <laughs> surprised to be at money 2020 as i was i think it's sort of things good things can happen almost by accident i guess we make our own happy accidents but you know, I attended the first Money 2020 in 2012, saw that Google was sponsoring a payments conference, and well, that's interesting. Um, you know, at the time, that really stood out as something different. And I was a management consultant in the payments industry, and okay, I'll, I'll go to this event, right? And um, really enjoyed the experience and decided I should speak at this event next year because I'll help, you know, it'll be great to generate some clients for our consulting practice and sent in a proposal to speak and got a call back from Anil Agarwal and Sanjeev Kalita. So Anil is one of the co-founders of Money 2020 and Sanjeev has been a dear friend since that phone call who was also kind of on the, the founding team. And my proposal was to do a panel with retailers about their perspective on payments, right? So, but I got to know them through speaking and being at the event and Matt Harris, the VC was gonna host a big startup thing on the main stage and had to leave the last minute and couldn't do the second day. And they asked me to step in and, you know, I just built a relationship with them and um, got the offer after the event. They said, would you be interested in joining our team? We're, we're growing the team. It's a startup business running this event. We need someone to run content. And we really like what you did in helping us with your session and, and not something I'd ever consider doing, but I'm so happy that I did because I, I really uh, kind of fell in love with the creativity of building that event the way that you could look very big picture at the industry and think about, you know, kind of macro level trend, uh, trends and how they all uh, fit together. Um, the people that I was able to meet, you know, the hundreds and thousands of people that you talk to and putting together an event like that and what you learn from them and the, the impact that we could have on the industry and how you see people's careers development, uh, develop and, and, companies get funded and businesses partner and all kinds of exciting things happen. And you know that 
you know, the event that you helped create had something to do with all of that magic. And so, um, but yeah. And so, so I sort of accidentally became a money 2020 guy and then had to go find interesting people to be a part of the event. And so I reached out to you. So that's how that happened. <laughs> yeah. That is, that yeah. is funny. I didn't know the other part of it. Um, that, that was cool. I, I just thought, you know, which, which actually brings me to, to the question, because I often wonder how do people fall into the role that they're in, right? As right. you mentioned, you talked about, you know, just by pure happy accident that, right. you know, you were there and you ended up meeting the team, which by the way, I had not met, I had not met a lot of the people for a while now that the space has changed so much. I love right. what you said though, about creating impact about creating the opportunities for people to propel from there. Um, when we think about, you know, content, we think about creating events, we think about bringing communities together. How has that changed? I do wonder because, you know, there's still all these big anchor shows, right? But it almost feels like it's changing as well. Of course, I mean, it's changing a lot. I mean, if, if you, you know, if we time machine back 10 years ago, FinTech was still fairly new, right? Um, kind of a nascent new thing. You know, we, we brought up, you know, Bitcoin didn't even show up until a couple years into the event. And you had people like Brian Armstrong and Vitalik Buterin on a side stage in the corner, right? Which is crazy to think about now, right? Those are very important people, mm -hmm. you know, those are the Elon Musk's of crypto and they would not be in the corner. But um, so, so, so the industry was new and, and when the, and the event was new and when an event is new, the, the content and the speakers and all that has, plays a really important role in, in establishing the community. Right, because you're bringing together the investors and the startup founders and the you know the bankers and the regulators and all the different people that build that community, and that's what was happening in the early days at Money 2020 was building the community. So, I felt like you know the role that I played as the head of content was you know, a really important part of, of establishing that. Um, once then when the industry starts to get more mature like it is today and the events more mature it, it maybe starts to feel a little more corporate it's a little different but it's just this you know self-sustaining big gathering of people and the content that is at money 2020 is still great the people that are there do a great job but it's not as central to why people go they go because everyone in the industry is there and um you know, and in three days, you can go do as many meetings as you would in three months if you didn't have everybody in the same place, right? With FinTech Islands that we'll talk about more later, the event I'm doing now, it's and it's another thing where it's new, right? And bringing the, the, the speakers and the content is a part of building that community again. So I'm enjoying taking on that challenge again. And of course, the pandemic caught us all by surprise and sort of changed everything and changed how we view about travel and the need to meet in person with people. But I think it's interesting that it didn't take very long for the major events to get back and have that same energy. I think there's still a need for people to get together in person. Yeah. I agree. I That's how I felt. I think I've got a little bit more selective 
in yeah. where I go and where I spend my energy. But at the same time, I, I need it to meet people, right? It, it's like, all right, we've been behind the screen long enough. I was actually at home for almost three whole years. Um, and, and it, it, it was interesting. It was different. I felt like we went through a pendulum of initially, yeah, you know what? We can all make it work. We all be behind the screen and perhaps it could actually level the playing field, if you will, especially with regards to, to funding and startup ecosystem. And then after two years, we realized, wait a minute, this is not working. First of all, humans are, are creatures that, that we crave each other's company. And right. the more we stay behind the screen, the more we became sort of like retreated back to the people that we knew before the pandemic, the people that we felt comfortable with, the circles that, that we had always been socializing in. And it defeated the original intent of perhaps leveling the playing field. I don't think we did at all. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to see how that evolves. Yeah. And I love your concept of um, the destination. I think we talked about it <laughs> a while before, before the show. Right. Having a destination and creating a different experience, if you will. Right. Well, I mean, one thing I think the pandemic did is like, let's not waste our time. Let's be efficient with how we use our time, right? Gosh, we didn't realize how, you know, these video calls became very common, right? And we can't almost imagine having, you know, a series of conference calls that don't involve seeing people's faces and their body language and, you know, and this is really efficient and I can use my time. So the emergence of the conferences that facilitate one-on-one -on -one meetings and do it in speed dating, efficient, um, you know, like FinTech Meetup and others that have done this really well. I think that's somehow, you know, in some ways a, an output from the pandemic that, hey, you know, wandering around an exhibit hall and passing out branded pencils doesn't seem very efficient of my time. You know, if I need to meet certain people, how can you help me efficiently do that? But it's not all about efficiency. A lot of there's also relationships that we're trying to build, right? And that we need to build to be successful in our businesses and our careers. And there's just no substitute for sharing an experience in person with, with people, whether it's an event or a meal or a cultural event like we have at, at FinTech Islands. And then all the, the communications you have with that same person after that just have, take on a different, they just feel different. Like, I, I really know this person. I was with them for a while. And it's interesting though, I did, I did have a couple of business partners that I worked on event projects with that I met online during the pandemic, uh, worked on a whole project together, had known them, you know, it had been like a year and a half and I'd been known this person and they'd been my friend and business partner. And we'd never been in the same physical room, right? So it's possible to do that, but I think it's more difficult, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think if anything, 2023 was a year of wow, I finally met someone in person um, yeah. kind of feeling that that we didn't have before. Now, I want to go back down the memory lane a little bit. We talked yeah. a little bit about how you started um, yeah. you know, being the king of creating content and convening communities. If we were to look back at what's happened in the last 10 years or so, anything caught you by surprise? 
Well, I, I, you know, I think a lot of things. I mean, just one thing is just how quickly fintech has become a really established, you know, industry. We weren't scrappy startups as an industry very long, right? You know, the fact that you, you know, the 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 startups that cross their stage, the stripes, and you know, are mm -hmm. you know, the 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 level of um, that happened maybe faster than I thought it would, right? And uh, so that's that's really interesting. I don't think I expected Money 2020 to become as big of a uh, business as it did as this quickly. But I knew that I was joining something exciting and that the founders were, were brilliant and that this was this is going to be great. But I didn't know we would, you know, have uh, three different events around the world and it would become such a huge thing. Um, and it surprised me how how that changed my perspective in my own personal career. I, th I think I think that that's the that's the biggest observation is just how quickly we went from, you know, hey, we found all the cool startups in this brand new space and put them in a room, to this is this is an industry, right? That, and that it happened in three or four years. Yeah. As my, I mean, 20 doubled in size, you know, from 2000 to 4,000 to 8,000 to, you know, over the first three or four years, that same period of time was reflective of the industry reaching maturity very, very, very quickly. And it, it, we can say it's still early days because it probably is, right? There's still a lot of exciting things to come, but, um, but it, you know, people, uh, people that I talk to in casual conversations that are not involved in FinTech know what FinTech is. But that would not have been the case, you know, 10 years ago. Very, very true. I, I think one interesting thing, as you, you were talking about the stripes of the world and whatnot, um, they didn't stay startup too long either, right? You know, and, and here we are, um, even last year, we were talking about what exactly is a fintech startup. Right. A lot of these companies are so huge and they are moving so much money, number of transactions around, they are occupying a very central position in people's lives. Are they really still startups or is it time to basically banish the word FinTech startup? Is PayPal startup, for example? I'd say yeah, probably not, they're kind of big. Yeah. Where yeah. do you draw the line? It is kind of strange, yeah. Because when you think of anybody that's, you know, high tech and in Silicon Valley, the startup, well, maybe not if they're Google and Apple and PayPal and, you know, not, not quite startup status, but, um, no, it is, it is a fun industry. I would add, we see a lot of cycles that come and go. I remember when I first started dabbling into the, in the space, people were talking about, oh, how fintechs will eat the bank's lunch. And then it became how Amazon, um, will eat the bank's lunch. And we see these cycles of hype come and go, the themes come and go and evolve. And I think it will be really interesting to see where it goes next because there's no lack of buzzwords, but when it comes to the original premise of why FinTech exists, we want to do something different. We want to actually help right. change people's right. lives or create different opportunities for them to go from one to the other that they couldn't go with the traditional structure 
have we really achieved what we said we would? I would argue not yet. We have made a lot of things pretty. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting in thinking about all the trends over the years. Like you forget, like we all kind of accept how the ecosystem has evolved and what it looks like today, but it's easy to forget how uncertain it was when Money 2020 started or when FinTech was early, right? We were trying to figure out, well, who is going to own mobile payments in the U.S.? Was it going to be driven by the banks? Going to be driven by the retailers? Going to be driven by, you know, Apple and Google? And it's Apple and Google, right? Of course it's Apple and Google, Apple Pay. That's what it is. But that was very unclear. We had mobile operators like AT&T and Verizon speaking at the FinTech conference that were going to be these big players in, in the future of, of payments. So it's not... It's not as obvious, you know, and, and um, if you forget all the things that, that have kind of transpired along the way to get us to where we are. I think the, the path we're on now, I think, you know, obviously AI is going to hugely infect our, our world in all aspects, and that will be true for financial services as well. And then I think kind of all flavors of this topic of open finance and, and because that's about that's about um, sharing data and interoperability and and how fintechs partner with banks, which is another maybe a surprise that fintechs were going to eat the banks, right? But now we're partnering, and how that all fits together to provide um, you know experiences for consumers that create more uh, inclusivity and opportunity and access. And one of the things I think you and I share this, one thing that really appeals to me about the fintech industry is so much of it is about serving, you know, people who were, who were underserved or small businesses who were underserved prior and how we can create more access and opportunity. And many of the founders that I met, you know, working at events over the years, wanted to have successful businesses and wanted to have them be financially successful. But what was really driving them was some mission that they wanted to serve. It was about the mission. It wasn't about the money, right? And I don't know that I had really seen that in my prior work, you know, as you know, in a, as a banker and a consultant. And but I really started to feel it when I was dealing with founders of of startups in this this space. I do agree. I do agree. That's the one thing that attracts me to the industry. It's frustrating. It's terribly frustrating because sometimes you look at it like we have people with the right intent. We have people with the right intention to change the world, but yet to actually get there, there are so many hurdles that it just feels like ah, is one after another after another. But is the people that keeps trying that keeps the industry going and i hope we can continue to do more of that the other interesting thing i've noticed is how different regions evolve differently you mentioned a little earlier about mobile network operators because that's the industry i came right. from um mnls and when we look at how different players get involved in quote unquote the movement of money and payments it is very different in the United States versus how it is in Africa, for example, sure. versus yeah. how it is in China, right? It's different flavors. And the timings are different and, and you know, regions develop differently in different timing. And so they leapfrog past steps that we had in the U.S. that you just go right past them to the next thing. 
in other parts of the world, you know, who, we don't have cards. What are cards? Let's go straight to phones, you know, with, with M-Pesa in Africa. So it's interesting. So I, you know, after money 2020, I, I was there until the 2019, mm-hmm. never made it actually to the year 2020. I left before I got there, but, uh, but still was involved in events. It was right before the pandemic and worked on some interesting projects with virtual events. And, and that was kind of interesting. And then last year, early last year, got introduced by one of my uh, former colleagues at, at Money 2020, who actually was originally from Trinidad, um, to the founders of this event called FinTech Islands. And, and so one of the things I'm doing now is working as the head of content and one of the principals for this event, FinTech Islands, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks in Barbados. Before I was introduced to that opportunity, I'd not been to the Caribbean at all, not even on vacation, right? I hadn't gone on a cruise or something, right? So I didn't know anything about the region really, right? But I've had the great opportunity to learn about the culture of the region, um, the differences and nuances between all the different islands that make up the Caribbean islands, the, the, the talent that's there, the creativity that's there, the issues that are being uh, addressed in terms of, you know, um, adoption of fintech, the pandemic really brought that out for them. That it's it's um, still, you know, a very much catch based society more than other parts of the developing world. So, so um, you know, it was highlighted by by the pandemic how how much digital transformation needed to occur in that part of the world to create opportunities for businesses and individuals. And the founders of FinTech Islands recognized that and said, hey, we we need to, we can give back by hosting an event that's a global event that would help to be a catalyst for the FinTech ecosystem in this part of the world. So when you're kind of alluding to different parts of the world developing different ways, I'm learning about one of those places in in kind of uh, the Caribbean and, and where it connects into Latin America. And it's been exciting to, to be a part of building an event there. So why Barbados? So in this case, uh, so Fintech Islands is not a Barbados event, but it's founded by uh, Allison Hunt mm-hmm. and Kurt Hassan, who are both Bayesian. They were born, raised in Barbados, uh, live in Miami now, have developed their career and moved to the U.S. and go back and forth. Um, Allison, um, is uh, brilliant at producing big events and experiences and and but in the past they've been music events she manages music talent and hosted big music festivals uh kurt is a, a technologist he runs uh, technology for a big cruise line so they're not founders from the fintech space but they along with another friend that had a fintech background and then bringing me in launched this event um and so it's it started in Barbados because that was home turf for them, and it's a very interesting, beautiful place, close proximity to Latin America. Trinidad nearby has a pretty active fintech community and, and enough population to to support that. But our intention is to move the event around, and um, so to so it'll probably be in Jamaica and Bahamas and other locations in future years because. It's about the Caribbean ecosystem, not about uh, specifically Barbados. Barbados is lovely, though. Uh, the people there are 
uh, you know, it's got this quaint quality about it. Everyone's so uh, lovely and well-educated and um, it's a great place to, to do this event. A little difficult to travel to, <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, it, it, it's a great place to, to have the event. Yeah. I look forward to it. I've never been to Barbados. I've been to the Caribbean islands. That's actually where I got married um, in mm -hmm. St. John, but I've never been to Barbados. Yeah. So I, I, I am very curious to see how it looks like, as I've heard you rave about it for so long now. So yeah. what can we expect from the event? Well, so, so a couple of things on Barbados, of course, you know, one thing that everybody knows is Rihanna, right? So, so let's get that, that Rihanna is like, you know, sort of the unofficial queen of, of Barbados. Um, but the other powerhouse, uh, maybe even more so is the prime minister. Uh, Prime Minister Mia Motley has punches way above her weight on the global stage around financial inclusion issues and very specifically about climate issues. Uh, and there's something called the Bridgetown Initiative that's been pioneered by Prime Minister Motley and her team. It's a, a new way of looking at development finance to try to get private industry involved so that poorer countries can have the finance they need for the energy transition. It's always this roadblock, you know, wealthy countries say, well, you're not doing your part in the energy transition and the poor countries say, well, we don't have the money, give us the money. And the poor and the rich countries say, well, we can't give you the money. So it's a really innovative way to get private industry involved. So, so the prime minister made remarks at the event uh, last year, and we're hopeful she'll be able to join us again this year. We're waiting to, to get that confirmation from her. But the event itself, it's a three-day conference, January the 24th to the 26th, to Wednesday through Friday. It's um, very much about uh, the content, learning, and about networking. It's not a big exhibit hall type event. There, there are a few exhibitors, but it's more about you know, having shared experiences and, and meeting other people. The first year event had about 400 attendees. We're, we're trending to be above that quite a bit this year, maybe 600 or more uh, people at the conference. So there's enough scale to have a lot of people there, but um, small enough to really be able to meet everyone that you'd want to meet over the, the three days. The attendance is about two thirds from uh, the Caribbean and the rest from uh, Latin America, U.S., uh, Europe, the west part of Africa, Ghana, Nigeria. So very much a, a global um, event. And then the speaker lineup, and Theo, you are one of our featured speakers. Very excited that you'll be there. About half of the speakers are from uh, outside of the, the Caribbean. And so, so, so some of the more you know, senior people that are there speaking on the agenda. So it's a global community. Um, and it's been interesting for me to see people that I've invited to the event in prior years spend more time in the region since then, right? They've made connections and gotten interested in what's happening there, and, and which is exactly what we want to happen, right? We want this to be a catalyst for that. We've divided the, organized the agenda into nine different thematic deep dives covering open finance and innovation and uh, payments and banking, AI, digital assets, climate is an important topic for us at the event. So looking at climate, fintech, but um, I haven't listed them all, but there, there are nine of those 
those deep dive tracks, main stage sessions, fantastic social events that really bring the culture of the place into the experience of the event. First evening, there's a party at the prime minister's residence with, you know, great reggae music and it's great fun. And then the second day of the event in the afternoon, we, we get people out on tours of the island in other groups, smaller groups of people from the event. So it's what we talked about with those making connections. And you're spending a few hours doing something fun together, but you're also talking about, you know, well, what do you do? What company are you with? You know, and, and making those, building those relationships. And so it's by design that we do it that way. And then on the, the last day of the event, we feature a, a startup pitch program for, not, uh, for 10 early stage companies, all Caribbean founders, and giving them a showcase and an opportunity to win some cash prizes. And we've done some mentoring sessions with those companies before the event. So, I mean, and, you know, the attendees are, are bankers, they are fintech founders and their teams, investors policymakers, including central banks, uh, ministers of finance, et cetera. And so it's a really, you know, well-balanced group around FinTech at the conference. Yeah. I like what you said about making connections and, and connecting people from different places. That's always been one of the things I wish we could do more when we go to conferences, especially things that are in downtown. What do people do? They pop in, they pop out, they go spend an hour or two, and then they disappear. The ability for people, especially people who are new in the industry, to make decent connections <clears throat> and have conversations is impossible because people literally, they're just everywhere. And by bringing people from different places together and putting them together intentionally, that's how we can facilitate exchanges. And I think that's how we can make the ecosystem more vibrant and more interesting. So kudos. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. You know, and it's like, it's really easy to say, oh, you're going to the Caribbean, you know, bring your sunscreen, lucky you, right? Like it's a boondoggle. And, and believe me, you'll have a lovely time, right? In Barbados, it's a beautiful place. But this is a very sort of authentic gathering, right? The, the attendees are coming there because they're, they're, they want, they have a mission around their company. They, they, they want to learn that like, this is not just a, a destination wedding, right? <laughs> this, this, this is, uh, you know, an authentic thing. And we're having it in the Caribbean because it's about the Caribbean and it just happens to be a beautiful part of the world. Right. But, um, but we're at this new property called Sam Lord's castle. Um, it's a new, new resort. So you're, you're oceanfront and an all inclusive setting and it's beautiful, but there's, you know, the, the conversation is about uh, financial inclusion and climate and things that really are important and matter. Yeah. So, um, but it, it should be a great, great three days. Yeah. Awesome. Now, before I let you go, I do want to ask you if you can host an event anywhere in the world, where would that be? So here's my answer. And I am so passionate about this and it might surprise you. I live in Atlanta and the event would be in Atlanta. And it's not so much that it would be in Atlanta because I have other events that I've done that are in Atlanta. It's the type of event and eventually this will happen. So stay tuned. There, this is a wonderfully diverse city, Atlanta. And uh, it's also a, a, a pretty strong technology hub and a FinTech. You know, you've got South by Southwest, why not South by Southeast? 
But I think there's a great opportunity to the way that we combine culture and music and the place and, and all of that with, with the with FinTech Islands in, in the Caribbean to to do something similar with the, the culture of Atlanta with music and and movies and food and the, the legacy of civil rights and, and all of that. And and do a a fintech event here that's that's about these kind of mission driven ideas. And uh, to also have it be, um, you know, really a culturally rich kind of thing where you can enjoy music in the place. So, um, so that's something I I I really love to do. Um, I didn't grow up in Atlanta, but I've lived here for 25 years, and my whole career in the fintech space has been while I've been here. I'd love I'd love to do do an event right here in the ATL. Wow. That indeed is a surprising answer, um, because you have you have hosted different events, including uh, FinTech South, right, um, right, right in Atlanta as well. So I, I look forward to seeing you um, growing and expanding your dream. And Atlanta will be much easier to get. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Well, maybe, maybe you know we'll, we'll we'll see you twice a year. We'll see you in the Caribbean and in Atlanta. We'll we'll work that out. We'll work on that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for, for talking about what drives your passion and giving us a little bit of tidbit about FinTech Islands. I do look forward to seeing you finally in person after so long. So appreciate it. Well, wonderful. And, um, it's not too late for people to make that decision to travel, to see us. So it would be great to have some last minute guests pop up and join us in Barbados. Especially in deep winter. My goodness. Where else would you rather be, right? So thanks so much, Theo. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Andrew. And for the rest of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of One Vision. We will talk to you all next week. Bye.